We need like Soul Asylum to do it. Yeah, Soul Asylum, Gin Blossoms. <laughs> Give me Blues Traveler. Get a little honking on Bobo in there. What about Limp Bizkit? Uh, no, uh, Limp Bizkit didn't even really pop We're off. Until all a couple years right. Later. <laughs> Was he Jamaican? Yeah. <laughs> Break stuff, man. That's what he would sound like. Very when the low. time when the time comes. We're all all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about That 90 Show. That 90 Show is just released on Netflix with just its first 10 episodes. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which is called That 90s Pilot, originally airing January 19th, 2023. But to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, all the boys, Gordo, Joe, Nick, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? Hey, Hello, oh. Wisconsin's. Hello. Oh, everything seems right again right now, huh? <laughs> I always say it's uh, forgetting anything we might know about you, the future run of the show. There is no, I mean, this is, as of the day we're recording this, for those of you listening, today this is, is a first. Today is January 19th, 2023. You know, the, the, the episode itself will be out in about a week. But the day the episode came out, we're watching it, reviewing it. The first time we're doing something like this. So I want to say right up front, for those of you who are new to our show, we do a very deep dive review of the pilot episodes of TV shows. So if you have not seen that 90s show yet and you plan on watching it and you're listening to this right now, I would advise you to pause it, watch the show, then give us a listen or get to us on another day. I don't want to spoil the episode ahead of time for you if you haven't watched it yet and don't want it spoiled, because we absolutely are going to cover all spoilers throughout the entire episode. So I just want to give you guys a heads up before we get into anything else. So if you need to take a quick break from us, do so right now. But thanks for the download. Yeah. Thanks for the double download. I don't think they'll delete it and then re-download it. I imagine they'll leave it in their app and then go back to the same file a week no, later. No, delete it. Mark your spot, delete it, then come back and double download. No, what if they forget? Yeah, just keep it. Just Subscribe, keep it. then download. Right? And then delete and then come back. Let's not confuse this. Just pause it and come back. But anyways, and also though, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our social media. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, everything like that. S1e1pod. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe everywhere that you do. Follow us. We appreciate that. Interact. We'll hit you back and talk to you. But yeah, let's uh, let's get into that 90s show, guys. Yeah, first thing I want to say, spoiler free, is everybody looks fucking great. For real. Everyone looks amazing. I did not expect, I mean, you see people pop up and do stuff. Like, I watch Tover Grace's new show weekly, and uh, Kurtwood Smith pops up and stuff all the time. But, like, seeing everybody together, you're like, oh, this is so good. They all look so healthy and happy. I was very happy about that. Kitty's the biggest surprise. Like, Kitty who was old in the original show doesn't look like she aged 20 years we said no. it i said it on the uh that 70s show episode that we covered kitty was a babe then kitty is a babe now well the thing was with kitty she was too young for you then <laughs> <laughs> she's aged into my, bra yeah. uh, my bracket now kitty was in uh wandavision which you know was only like a couple years ago so i forgot that 
So she was. So I saw her in that. So I guess that wasn't as big a surprise for me. I think the person who I think looks the most different was Donna. I was going to say that. And she was sitting directly next to Eric, who looks the closest to how he looked 20 years ago. So I think <laughs> didn't that, that was that was the, probably the only time you saw a contradiction is because he didn't change at all. So her yeah. changing even a little bit was like uh, the only time it would like really pop out. She got like like thinner in the face. She got li lines under her eyes, too. The haircut, I think, is the issue because Orange is yeah, the new black is not that long ago. And, you know, I don't think she looks much different than I just think if the haircut was different. A haircut changes a lot sometimes. I think that's a wig. I don't think she has that hair. Well, anymore. she got away from that hot Donna look she had. But she was just in, well, not just because the show's been off for a while. She was in Orange is the new black. So I'm, I'm used to modern day Donna now. So that wasn't a big surprise. We watched like the first season of that and I remember liking it a lot. But then we just sort of fell off. Is it worth going through the rest of it? It's decent. It gets a little silly towards the end. I wouldn't say not watch it. So with this show here, I mean, usually we reflect on, has anyone seen it before? Uh, obviously, no one no one had seen that 90s show before. No, Gordo, don't, you can't pretend. Of all the shows. I've seen this. You've seen episode one. Another little peek behind the curtain. Like Jay mentioned, we're recording this the day it came out. That's something that five people with very, very busy full-time jobs had to fucking watch this thing today and get this all together so we can record it. Gonna need a nap tomorrow. This part is fun. Like the recording now, like now that we're into this part, like I'm, I'm having a good time. But from when I woke up at 2.30 this morning, it's now 8.30 at night. I was, I've been stressed out up until right now, uh, knowing that I had to get this done after work. But we're here now, so that's good. So what, I guess to talk about it in a different way than we normally do, instead of like, you know, thoughts and memories of the show, what were your expectations before watching the show? That 80s show. No, mine went really high and then got really lowered when the first trailer came out and then, you know, raised up again for the second trailer. So my emotions were up and down, like nonstop with this show. I was super wary because it's Netflix, right? And we've seen what Netflix yeah. can do yes. to a show. So I was hoping that, you know, the people who created that 70s show would really have a, a good grip on it compared to, you know, like maybe people at Netflix controlling it instead. I don't know how many people returned behind the camera. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll say this. There's some Netflix stink on the show. For sure. I, yeah, I agree. There is, but it's not like any of the original Netflix things. Luckily, yeah, it's not as bad. Spoiler. Netflix did not do bad. Um, Spoiler. I think this is a classic bait and switch. And what uh -huh, we're getting yep. in this trailer. Are we just saying spoiler before everything now? Is that the new gimmick for tonight? <laughs> We've explained this already. <laughs> I'm just saying. The way this show went, it went well. I'm not going to give all the details because we're going to do that in the episode, but I don't think what we got in this episode is what we're going to get at all in the rest of the season. And I think that's by design to hook everyone from the original, the original fans. This in. is the Fuller House model, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, hey, everybody, look, it's all these people you like and it's now, aren't you happy? And then seven episodes in, you're watching a totally different show and that could be good, that could be bad. What I thought about watching this show was... Part of it that I didn't like was the new cast, right? But I c almost can't remember what it was like experiencing them originally, like on that 70s show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did I feel we the same way? Was I like, ah, eh, they're just, you know, young actors, you know, like I, I, I can't remember because I, I've seen it so much and I'm, I know the characters so well, it's impossible to really remove, you know, prior knowledge. Whereas now I'm watching a new cast come in. 
and I'm uneasy about them, and I'm having trouble remembering, was I uneasy about these guys originally, too? So it's strange. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's a different situation because when you watch that 70s show for the first time, and for those of you listening to us who haven't, if you want to go back, we covered that 70s show a long, long time ago. And that 80s show. And and we've done that (laughs) 80s show. And I'd also like to put on the record, if they ever do a That 2000s show, I'm out. I'm not doing that episode. That is a time <laughs> I do not care enough about to go back and revisit. But yeah, to, to go back. So That 70s show, when, when we do that and when we watch that for the first time, that's created out of nothing, right? So there, it's a totally different thing you're walking in on, where with That 90s show, you're walking in with knowledge of That 70s show. So whether it's a new cast or not, there's already a bar that it has to be compared to. So it's a very different like standard to watching the first one but we did the same thing with that 80s show but that 80s show is so different like we found out after the fact that it's somewhat canon according to the way it's written but it's not the same show at all it's not the same sets the the same cast none of it this had the same people the same set And, and to answer my own question from earlier my expectations going in upon announcement were super high when i was like oh my god they're making that 90s show everybody's coming back this is amazing and then it became the trailer and the trailer comes out and that's when you find out it's about a new group of kids and that's when i got a little like uh okay so like expectations drop for that and not that the show whether or not i liked the trailer kind of didn't matter because what i was excited about about the concept of this show was getting to see a whole new show with all the characters I already knew I loved. And now I know I'm not getting that whether or not it's a good show. So it changes it. Here is something where I, I think they went wrong and that 70s show once again did it right. Of the six main cast members, three of them were actually in their teens. Mila Kunis, if you remember, she lied about her age to get on the show. She was I think super she, young, right? Yeah, I think she was only six, 17 or something. 16 or 17. Oh yeah, she was super young. Yeah, she was like like freshman in high school age yeah but then wilmer valderrama and laura prepon were also in their teens i imagine in the 17 18 range and everybody else eric uh hyde and kelso were all in their 20s and i really really wish they had done that with this like i wish they would have gotten like late teens early 20 early 20s kids because they went too young they're too goofy and I just don't understand why they wouldn't have done the same thing. They can't, man. They can't have Hyde around kids. Hyde's not in this. We're not going to. This is actually the first episode of any uh, that '70s show to not feature Hyde. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, and we won't get into all that. We talked about it briefly in that '70s show episode. I'll say this: Can I, before you start, can I say this about the kids and to Nick's point? They were. Are you looking back at that at with like? rose-colored glasses because they were young in that 70s show so picture your 37 38 we just went over all their ages they weren't that young only mila kunis was but they're but they're playing different age no 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 i'm not talking about that i'm talking about you as the viewer was younger was younger so they did not appear as kids as they as these as this cast but even watching it now they don't appear as kids this is a real double-edged sword scenario, though, because I was just about to say, be like, well, as a 37-year-old, you know, I would much rather watch teenagers than preteens. And I realized that he didn't say, like, no matter what, that's so fucking bad. I know what you mean, Gordo, and that's what I was kind of trying to get into with already having known them. You know what I mean? Like, well, how much is that affecting my my outlook on them? 
Because if I could go back and watch that 70s show again for the first time, would those younger actors bother me? But the problem yeah. is, is they weren't that young. And they were just better at it. Yeah. But you were closer to their age, though. We'll never be able to go back in time and, and know how we would have felt if that 70s show came out when we were this age. The, the thing I'll say is this, though. That 70s show did, we know this regardless of what age we were, did appeal to adults and all age audiences when it came out. We are watching that 90s show as adults. And I do feel watching it that this was not geared for people our age so much right. to watch. And this is the thing with a lot of these nostalgia shows that I don't understand. Because you make uh, that 90s show, you make uh, Fuller House, and there's all these other shows that are like that too popping up, like revamps, uh, bringing back old properties, where they create a show based on nostalgia to bring in people our age, and we watch it, and, and you're basically just getting a cameo here or there. Um, Girl Meets World is another example. Yeah, I was just thinking of that one. And then when you watch the show, you realize that it's made for kids who don't know the source material and don't care about it. And it's it's very, it's a weird dynamic because like which audience are you pulling for when you make a kid's show that's based on nostalgia for people in their late 30s? Greed, man. They're trying to get all the audience. Right, right. And that's fair. That and then bring in the next generation. Yeah, that 70s show did bring in all generations. That's why the bigger show's are bigger because all audiences seem to enjoy them or find something to pull from. Saved by the Bell is another good example of that, too. What they're hoping is us old people watch with our kids, go, oh, this sucks, but the kids like it, and they stick around and we go die, you know? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, that's exactly the Sure, way. but I think for to you, though, I think it's supposed to be like the thing where, like, if you're, if our age people are watching it with our kids now, we're watching it and we're enjoying Red and we're enjoying Kitty and we're enjoying the grown-up kids now and the kids enjoy the stuff of the younger kids and you sort of balance it out together i think maybe because we're watching that all singularly without anybody else i'm gonna watch this i want to hear other people's opinions on it like after the episode comes out too right i'm gonna watch other episodes my wife hasn't seen any of it yet so we're gonna watch watch it when we get snowed in this weekend i'm gonna ask her like what did you think what were your opinions you know it'd be interesting to see we're kind of in a vacuum with this because we're so analytical that i think sometimes we can't see the you know, the forest or the trees. Yeah. And I do try, I, I try pretty hard to watch it once through without any notes. I try to just watch it and not stop and just enjoy it. Take it for what it is. And then I kind of go back and do everything else, but let's get into like the nuts and bolts and nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts and talk about all this and then get right into it. So, so the show starts off with the kind of the classic black title screens, right? And we're seeing point place, Wisconsin, July 3rd, 1995. 11.47 a.m. And this is really how that 70s show used to start. Right off the bat, I thought, uh, okay, all right, so far, so good. I thought 95 was kind of a late starting point. Same mistake 70s show, May. We mentioned it in that review, is why book it in the beginning of the decade when you've basically given yourself five years now. The only thing I could peg is the age that they want the children to be based on the fact that like it has to be Eric and Donna's kid so they needed it to be like x amount of years to make sense i think the goldbergs cracked the code with this though every episode we've talked about this before every episode of the goldberg says it was this date 1980 something and then they can just pull anything from the 80s at all times doesn't matter the year i think that's kind of i mean in a way it's a cop-out but i think it works for a show like this where you're like if we're gonna go for 90s tropes let's go for 90s tropes but 95 is an odd choice though it opens up in the kitchen uh, at the foreman house so like really it's tough when describing this you kind of have to know that 70s show to not have to over explain every set because we we kind of know a lot of the areas we're already seeing but it opens up in the foreman's kitchen 
and we see Kitty dancing to Groovin' in the Heart by D-Light, for those of you who remember that song, and uh, she's holding a jar of mayonnaise, and Red enters from, like, the living room area, and he's joining in, and he's, like, dancing with her, which is not very Red-like <laughs> to be dancing and having fun, but... That's empty nest red. I was going to say, he's he's now in a no-kid zone, so he's loosened up a little bit. And if you remember that 70s show, Red and Kitty, when nobody was around, were a pretty horned-up pair. Yes. A lot of fun with each other. So I think, yeah, this is just uh, enjoying their their years alone. Right. And the the kitchen dance party kind of ends when Kitty hears car doors closing from outside. And she starts yelling, like, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. And she runs across the living room to the front door. And that's when uh, we greet Eric. Who, as I said earlier, apparently doesn't age at all. And um, Kitty won't let go of him at all. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> he says, um, Mom, you're motorboating me. Which I, I thought was going to be the line <laughs> Joe started the episode with. I have it written down. Yeah, but I, I thought it would be too obvious. And then he, he goes to greet his dad. And there was like that, do we hug? And it's like, nah. <laughs> you know, the it, it's... Which I'm glad they stuck with. Yeah, it was good to see them all together i mean this is the the stuff we want out of this right you're you're cutting you're catching all these moments all the nostalgia stuff they did in this episode was very well done and i will say this episode is like king of the callbacks they do a great job of like Chekhov's gun this episode right anything that comes up you're gonna they use every part of it and they come back to everything i thought made it um i don't remember that happening in the original show i thought that maybe it's more of a modern sitcom take on things to mm. have to be so like joke joke quip quip hey we came back to it don't forget about this but uh i thought that you know the whole thing the hugging and the hair like everything turns back in the episode which for a 28 minute episode whatever it was i thought was uh, pretty economical yeah coming in right behind eric we meet leia for the first time and just to address this right now like i said i watch it once through and then i go through and i do my notes in the first watch through at no point did i put two and two together that she was named after Princess Leia. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> not, not right away. It took me. It took me the second. Well, there was a joke later in the episode. Yeah, I was gonna happens. say they kind of hand it to you on a silver platter. Yeah, I was later gonna in the say they... Jay's just like, oh, that's an interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> what an exotic name! But we meet her. He says to her, "Congratulations, those buds are blooming," referring to her <laughs> chest, <laughs> and she's very uncomfortable. And goes, "Um, yours look good too." At which point I heard Joe in my head yeah. out loud go, yeah, they do. <laughs> I wish I was the one doing the motorboating. <laughs> will not confirm nor deny. Uh, about Kitty. About Kitty we're talking about, by the way. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, let's make sure that that's not lost in uh, the translation there. Was Joe for Grace a Spider-Man? No, he was Venom. He was a he Venom, was Venom, yeah. In Spider-Man 3? Terrible Eddie Brock. Who was the Topher that was? It was... Him, He's the it was, was he Venom, the it wasn't Spider-Man. Right guy, wrong role in the movie. No, but wasn't the first Spider-Man Topher? No, no Tobey Maguire. Oh, Gordo, ask the question different, and maybe we'll give you a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Spider-Man. Spider-Man was played by what actor? Tobey Maguire. No, but in the one with Topher. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Topher? Yes. We told you what he played in the movie. Sometimes this is my favorite part of my entire week, and sometimes I feel like I'm on a treadmill in hell, and I can't get <laughs> off of it. It really alternates. Are you sure that that one of, one of the most highest grossing actors in a role of all time is who you're talking about? The girl who plays Leia. How do you feel um, just seeing her on screen? I thought, like, visually, in the way she at least acted her portrayal of the role, I thought she was a really good pick to be the daughter of Eric and Donna. Yeah. 
You know, she reminds me of she reminds me of Cheyenne from uh, Superstore. Um, I thought they could be sisters. I could see that. Yeah, they do look a lot alike in a way. The whole time I was trying to think of who she reminded me of, and that's exactly who it is. So we just rewatched all of Superstore. Uh, Have anybody anybody seen that recently? Uh, I've been trying to finish it for like a year. Like it's been it was like a bedtime show for a while. But the problem is we kept going to bed in the middle of the episode. So like we're very slowly getting through it, but I've never finished it. So. I binged the shit out of it after we reviewed it, so I finished it. Yeah, I'm not going to give you anything that'll tell you anything otherwise, but the last season takes place during Pandemic, and it's about Pandemic, and it's just like, I think it was fine in real time, but now you can, it's like weirdly turns you off, where you're like, I don't want to hear about, I don't yeah. want to remember this, you know? I could see that. It was a store, it was a, a show about a supermarket, you know what I mean? So, or like a big box store, so like it kind of like, it made the most sense to address it that way, but yeah. I oh yeah, at the time I think it was like the best move, right? To be like, we have this show that takes place while this is happening, let's do it. To get back into this, I guess, shortly after that whole interaction uh, with Kitty and, you know, greeting her grandpa uh, and everything, she runs off to go to the bathroom and Kitty starts telling Eric how excited she is for the 4th of July weekend. And they're all going to grill weenies and watch the fireworks. And she even rented the Little Mermaid. And he's like, oh, thanks, Mom. But she's not really into that anymore. Our Little Mermaid got her period. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> like you, th- you were expecting, like, a funny little, like, play on words. And then he just went straight for it. It's like, no, she got her period. She's too old for that now. Better keep her away from all the sharks down there, then. That's true. That is very true. Under the sea. <laughs> ah, Sebastian Paella. For those of you who haven't listened to our The Single Guy episode. Uh, in the scene enters Donna for the first time and she's walking through the front door holding like everything that they brought for the weekend and saying like the don't worry honey I got it and it just kind of scene ends there that was like the funny little comedy gag Donna's holding a bunch of stuff I like that it was fine for what it was it just closed the scene got a crazy crowd reaction everybody did and everybody nostalgia got a crazy reaction I love the idea too of fourth of July weekend I think that's like a really like you eliminate school but you also put it around a holiday that makes them have a reason to come to Red and Kitty's house. Like, I thought that was a, a pretty smart move. And I'm, I'm glad it was that instead of like, we came for Christmas, right? Like, I don't know. For some reason, summer seems to play at any time. Yeah, without jumping ahead, though, a lot of the premise of the show is trying to get Leia to stay with her grandparents for the summer. And I think maybe you do that with Memorial Day instead. I think they trap themselves, have Eric get fired from his job, and have them have to move back home. That way you get to keep them around and not just have Leia with the thing. And they don't even have to be around a lot. Every episode can be in Red's house, Red and Kitty's house, but Leia's visiting. Yeah, I'll get it. I want to get into that a little bit more when we kind of talk about that part of the story. But I have some theory, at least, as to why it is the way it is. But we'll we'll get into some of that. Now we get the title screen. This kind of has, you know, the... The title of the show, and you just kind of hear now Leia doing the Hello, Wisconsin, which is iconic from the original show. And that's it. And we've talked about this before. New shows versus old shows. Best way to go about intros. Full theme, no theme. Different things work. However, for this type of show, for that 70s show, their intro is so iconic. And I don't think that you necessarily redo the same thing with the same song. But where that was such an important part of the show... I thought to not do any intro at all felt really weird. Is that how it always is, though? Can I say something? I watched ahead a little bit to episode two. Oh, which we're not supposed to do or talk about when we do these? Okay. (laughs) And I did that. And Is it the theme song, but the kids are in a van? No. Because that was what my guess was going to be. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as in episode one, except they do the full song with Leia singing it. 
Then how is it the same thing as episode one? There was nothing in episode one. Yeah, there's no vocal. There's no so song. the same background and all that stuff. Like so, it pops up that weird like ninety. But there is no same. Nothing happened in this one. Yeah, there's no. So what? What is she? What's happening while she's singing? What are we looking at? The the flat screen the whole time. We're looking at like a flat that flat like pop art kind of uh, background that they do. Are they showing you the cast and things like that? No, they're just showing you like that and like Red and Kitty kind of coming in and out. It's like weird. See, to me, that's a missed opportunity. I would have said they play up in this show, this episode, that they've got the van. You do the original theme song, but with all of them in the van instead of the, uh, God, I hate that I can't remember the name of the car, the wagon. Miss Vista Cruiser. Vista Cruiser, thank you. And then you do somebody doing the song. But I also wouldn't have her doing the song. I would have gotten a band from the 90s to do it. No, did you hear the 90s version of the theme uh, that they have in all the trailers? It's terrible. I hope that I was yeah. praying. Yeah, but that was it. more of like a sped up, like different type of, it wasn't really 90s music. We need like Soul Asylum to do it. Yeah, Soul Asylum, Gin Blossoms. <laughs> Give me Blues Traveler, get a little honking on Bobo in there. What about Limp Bizkit? Uh, no, uh, Limp Bizkit didn't even really pop well, off until a couple of years right. later. <laughs> Was he Jamaican? (laughs) (laughs) Break stuff, man. Well, now that you've heard my Fred Durst uh, impression, Jay, how's your Bobcat Goldthwaite impression coming along? Probably better than your Fred Durst. Yeah, he probably couldn't be worse. So That's what he would sound like. Well, there you go. All the pressure's off you now, Jay. Yeah, exactly, Jay. You can't fail worse than that. that. The bar's been set very low. When the time comes We're all all right, man. <laughs> We're all Irie. <laughs> okay. So, no, but, but yeah, to close it out, I really just I thought that was a, such a huge missed opportunity to not do something to harken back to such an iconic staple of that show. This show also has another major missed opportunity later in the episode, too. Ooh, we'll spoiler. Get we'll get into it. Tune in. The next scene we have Kitty, Red, Eric, and Donna all at the dinner table. And Kitty just made some snickerdoodle cookies, which is a great cookie choice as far as I'm concerned. When she goes to give Eric one, stops and smells his hair, which he tells her is weird. And that becomes like a big runner for the episode. And that's the only reason I bring it up at this point is because it comes up so much later on. And then Red tells Donna that Eric sent him a review for the book that she had read and that they had read it. And she's like, oh, you read my book? And he's like, no, we read the review. Interesting. Yeah. I was trying to remember towards the end of that 70s show, was Donna writing? I don't I don't watch a lot of the late season stuff, so I don't remember well enough. I remember her working for the radio station. I don't remember her writing. I remember he went, didn't he go to like Africa to join like the Peace Corps or something? Because he like left for a bit. Yeah. It was like journalism though, wasn't it? I thought he was someone doing the Yeah, writing. but she I can't wrote remember. this book, so what did she write this yeah, book? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Now, if you guys could write a book. What would you guys write a book on? Um, mine would be about places to poop around Boston. <laughs> Ooh, great idea, Fur. You know what? I would read that. Sign me up. Yeah, you could rate the, the toilets and the setups. That is a pretty good idea. That seems like a really good idea that would make <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars in book sales. Dozens. Dozens of dollars in book sales. <laughs> dozens, my friend. Go ahead, Gordo. Give yourself a plug. I wrote a book one time about shitting in bathrooms around Boston <laughs> called The Secret Shitter. I shat in bathrooms so you didn't have to. And you could read my my harrowing account of going through the harrowing. worst bathrooms in bathroom. Listen, man, some of those bathrooms were bad. 
Some of those bad, like I had to shit in Alewife Station and the, the toilet paper was chained to the wall. You know you're in for it. Yeah. That was a train station near my old apartment and not that I was pooping in there, but one day I was peeing in there and I looked to my side and the toilet paper roll that was chained, somebody had just pissed all over it. <laughs> it like, there is a special place in hell for somebody who <laughs> yeah, does something for real. Like that. So did you walk around with a poopy butt all day? <laughs> uh, but you could buy it on Amazon. It's still up yeah. there. The Secret Shitter's Guide to Boston. Go buy okay. it. Yep. Go buy it. Go buy Gordo's book. Moving back into the scene, after hearing that they at least read the review, she thanks Kitty, says, oh, thanks, Mrs. F. Kitty says, you know, I wish you'd call me mom. And Donna's like, someday. She's like, well, how about this weekend? <laughs> and uh, we move past that where uh, Red's now asking Eric about the university and how things are going. And he says, oh, it's going great. I'm an adjunct professor now, which means I got permission for parking spot for my bicycle. Uh, that's what happens when your course is super popular, Dad, which uh, his course was the religion of Star Wars. Not for nothing. I would take that course. Well, yeah, now it's like modern day. Like this, we, we always hear about things like this that actually exist in colleges now. And um, I, I just don't care about Star Wars. I don't understand the hype. I like Star Wars. I'm with you, Joe. I, I thought this was I thought this was a weird runner for this show, though, where all of a sudden Eric's big personality trait is he's just hyper obsessed with Star Wars. I agree. He was never, I mean, he wasn't popular, but he wasn't a nerd in the original series. Like They mentioned Star Wars a lot, but it's because it had come out at the time, but it wasn't like what defined them as characters. He wasn't fixated on it. Now, all of a sudden, his daughter's name is Leia, and he teaches a class on it, and I don't know, it just seemed like... Forced a little bit? Yeah, like, who, like, th is this the Eric forced. Foreman? Oh, I was good. That I thought was a, a little odd. If it was going to be any show to do all the Star Wars stuff, you'd think it'd be Girl Meets world because that show had a lot of vader in it <laughs> that was a reach i could feel myself reaching and missing as i was going I yeah, like yeah. r.i.p keep going joe that joke was a darth dookie no oh, that was that was so worse that's really bad <laughs> me taking the heat off of you joe thanks bud i appreciate it in any event when when they're talking about eric's class red goes oh this country's gonna lose the next war and Eric goes, not if it's an intergalactic battle between good and evil. <laughs> See, what Red didn't realize there is that the next war is a forever war that nobody will ever win or lose. The war on diabetes. This is the war is perpetual and will never go away. But I guess you're just coming off of Gulf, uh, the Gulf War right there, right? Which I guess ostensibly was a war. It was before, right? It was like, I think it ended like 91. Yeah, this is 95. So we're a little bit out of that. All right, now it's the war on drugs. Desert Storm is already prior. Kosovo? No, this was the war on Waco, I think, in 95, which is a very different war. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. After, um, after that exchange, Leia walks through, and Eric tells her to tell her grandparents where they're going to be going this summer. And they're going to Huntsville, Alabama for uh, space camp, which is a two-week camp. I feel like not necessarily great for some, someone her age. She's maybe a little too old for that. Also, space camp is in Florida. I know because I wrote down all the information because I really wanted to go. So I, so I was going to say that. So when we were kids, though, like that was always the big prize on like Double Dare and the other Nickelodeon games was they always like got to go to space camp, which is the only reason I knew that even existed. I want to say Jupiter, Florida. That sounds right, I think. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I was younger, I wanted to go to space camp so bad because first off, it like the dream was go to go to Florida, get on Double Dare, win. <laughs> go to space camp like life is amazing 
All I could think when they said that this is what they were going for two weeks was I was trying to put myself in not jaded adult terms, but in, I don't know, 13 or 14 year old terms, however old she is. I wouldn't want to do anything, even something I loved for two full weeks of my summer. Like, that's a long time. Like, if somebody said, hey, are we taking a skateboard camp for five days? I'd be like, that's amazing. And then I can spend the rest of my teenage summer with all my friends, right? Well, that's the thing. It's who's, well, she who else is there. And she doesn't have a lot of friends. Gordo's right. So Keep that, in mind, she's a nerd and she doesn't have any friends. Yeah, so that that's part of it. That would help. Also, who wouldn't want to be at space camp for two weeks? Me. That's entirely too long. I would. I'd do it now. <laughs> Unless I could go up in that plane that gives you zero gravity. As much as I hate flying, experiencing that, I think, would be worth it for... Do you know what they call that plane? Oh, I, the Vomit Comet or something, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That they filmed parts of Apollo 13 on. After uh, we find out about that, Leia leaves to go outside and play basketball. And now Kitty's telling Eric that she doesn't think that Leia wants to go to space camp. And she thinks she's at an age where she needs space. And he's like, well, I am giving her space camp. And... I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, it was a good joke. I liked that. I, I knew it was coming, but it was still good, yeah. I thought Eric did, a, of all the people who came back, I think Eric did the best job, other than his character type, like the Star Wars stuff, I thought as far as his acting goes, I felt like Eric did the best job of like playing his old self. Maybe him and Red the most. No, all of them did. No, it cannot, it cannot be, when you say who did the best, it can't be all of them. There's a ranking. Some did better than others. <laughs> I think Eric and Red are, are one and one A. And we'll get into why I think some of the other ones aren't as we go along. Donna says, oh, Eric's having a hard time with Leia. It's a tough age, 38. A nice little quick joke there. And he says, all I know is I'm going to stand behind her no matter what. And Red goes, well, that's a great idea. Because when you stand behind your kids, it's easier. And everyone chimes in with her to put your foot in their ass. Because uh, they knew exactly <laughs> where Red was going with that. Would have been funnier if it was not in the trailer. Because I was expecting yeah, it. The yeah, they, they, they tossed. The trailer was very early episode heavy because i think all the nostalgia is going to be in episode one so they threw a lot of the stuff right from the from the first episode uh we get one of those classic kind of transitions right which is we knew from that 70s show so they did bring that back kind of the dancing with wild backgrounds like that's all from the original show and they brought that back here i still every time i see one in my head here the paul stanley one they're like the ooh, like i can't no matter what they're doing that's what i hear and i guess like because we're at a transition point, it's a good time to talk about stuff like this. We covered that 80s show in the past, and now we're doing that 90s show. That 90s show, at least, with stuff like this, transitions, the black title screens, the intro somewhat, whatever. They're, they're playing out of that same universe where that 80s show just, they used the name, and it kind of just ended there. And there wasn't these little things that we could pull from the old show. Even though it was a different cast. We could, with, that, with that 80s show, it could have been a completely different cast, and that would have been fine. But there was like nothing to tell you that it was the same universe other than the name of the show. And here I thought, you know, those little touches, the the transition effects, things like that really helped. That's why I thought the intro was such a missed opportunity. Yeah, but I still stand by. I mean, like, I think now that we know, unfortunately, but I, I think the intro was not a missed opportunity for this episode because it wouldn't make sense for those kids to be in the car together yet because you'd be spoiling yourself as you go into it. You know yeah, I mean? but they did that in the first the first show, I think. Uh, did they in the first did one? They? Or did we see yep. the syndication opening, though? That's true. That's possible. That's that's po It's possible. I don't know, because, you know, we, we don't have a time machine to watch the original tape. You could be right there. No, I think that it's weird that the 80s show, like, existed in a vacuum. There were little things in there that kind of did it, like, the record cover. Yeah, it was, like, their closest. They used transitions, but they had transitions, but they were a completely different type of thing. 
Yeah, but I mean, other than that, it, it, it was its own show, which I think they learned from their mistake and made this show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely had a chance to kind of step back, analyze, and do this all over again 20 years later. I'm glad they didn't fall under that thing, though, too. Like, it wouldn't have been the same flipping through, like, a stack of CDs or a stack of VHS tapes or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, it just wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked the same way. Like, the beauty of doing that with records is they worked in a record store. So if you tried to, like, replace that now, it would just seem like a weird nostalgia grab, you know? Now we're outside where Leia's playing basketball, and she hears singing from next door. And she heads over and looks into the neighbor's window and she finds this girl who's in her room. We find out her name's Gwen and she's singing You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. This is the second best awkward singing of this song in a sitcom. Clearly the best version goes to Kevin from The Office. Did anything specific about this scene jump out to you as wrong? Uh, are you, are you going to say what I was going to say? That there's no way in hell that disc man would have yeah, held up under the, like that. Would not the have pogo worked. dancing she was doing? Yeah. yeah. I don't think the Sony Walkman ones were out yet. If those were out, then you might even if the even if they were, they were only like fifteen second protection. Yeah, it was probably a normal Walkman with a tape in it, though. Tapes didn't skip. No, it was a discman. You could see it. Because I wrote that in my notes too. I was like, they should have given her a Walkman because we we still had both in nineteen ninety five, right? Like we probably would have gotten our first discman. But I was equally buying cassettes at this time, like nineteen ninety five, Offspring, Smash, Green Day, Dookie, the first Weezer record. Like I had all those on cassette. They had just come out. You remember those double deck stereo systems you could get? I remember around now is when I would have CDs but nothing to play them on. So I would use that double deck system to record the CD to the tape so I could listen yep. to it on the go. Yep. I do also want to say, too, that she's got posters for Bratmobile and the Muffs, and she's got Riot Girl written on her wall. And then they play Sad Tomorrow by the Muffs, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. But then she's also screaming Alanis Morissette, and that seemed to be a weird shift in musical yeah so when you look in her room too she also had like sonic youth hole and veruca salt posters so the alanis morset doesn't totally sync up with everything else she's listening to but i mean aside from that it was a, a female rock musician i guess listen but... they put, they put 90s in ebay and got what they could get no i don't see i don't think that because bratmobile is not a big popular band like that's a pretty so i think what happened is like when it comes to songs and using music if they if she was to be singing a Veruca Salt song, it's not going to pull the same nostalgia to the wild, like the wide Netflix scope of human that they're trying to target. And I think it's one of those you don't need to do that, but they feel they need to do that. Yeah. So they use a bigger song, but she could have just been singing a song from that era that was lesser known and it would have been fine. She could have been singing like Hole or anything really. anything or that, that kind of likened to her music taste that we're seeing from the walls yeah it would have made more sense yeah but not nirvana the whole because of the the female aspect of it she's clearly everybody every band she has a poster of is either all females or mostly females yeah that, that seemed to be most of it could it also be like a guilty pleasure song at this mm, point maybe but not i don't think that's how they're playing it but to not you know get too too into that gwen catches leia in the window and heads over and asks her what she's doing Leia tells us that she's just watching her sing and wondering what it would be like to be her, which is maybe the strangest thing you could say to a human being. After watching them in their window. And then she's like, all right, well, I'm going to go now. Um, unless you want to hear this cool bootleg that I got in Chicago. And uh, that grabs Gwen's attention. And she, she says it's the bootiest of legs. And then she goes to go get it. Is bootleg the right word here? We, does she really mean like a demo or something? It doesn't get into it. It just sounds like a not a real store-bought copy of it. Yeah. All I could think of, though, is it a bootleg of a Chicago album, because that would be so nerdy, right? So she comes back, and she's like, I got something for you. It's like, does anybody really know what time it is? <laughs> like, what are you doing to us? Chicago's fucking awesome. 
Because from that scene is when you hear, the next song you hear them listening to is Sad Tomorrow by the Muffs, which she has a Muffs poster in her room. So obviously that's not like the random song that, you know, Leia brings over. So I was like, they kind of, this is what gets her in, but then the music that's playing next doesn't, it doesn't add up. Doesn't work. Yeah. And RIP Kim Shattuck from the Muffs, by the way, she did a couple years ago. RIP. Yeah. So now when we flash out and they're hanging out in the room, they're listening to the music. Gwen had just found out that Gwen's room is Leia's mom, Donna's old bedroom from years ago. So uh, her instant reaction is like, oh, wait, and your dad grew up next door? Oh, I bet they used to bone in here all the time. <laughs> that explains it. Sometimes late at night, you can hear the... Yeah, that was a little weird, honestly. That I, it's, uh, it's fine. It's Because fi- they're like 14. So like, it's just weird hearing them talk about that. It's just uncomfortable. We were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's not like we weren't talking about that stuff at the same age, right? We weren't, we weren't talking about your parents banging. Yeah, but if we were talking about it in front of a 37-year-old and they were going, <laughs> yeah, it would be <laughs> yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. First, you got to remember, though, Gwen doesn't know Leia. So she can, she's, you know, it's not like she, has any, she doesn't know her parents or anything, so it's easier to, to joke around like that. She asked Leia about Chicago and, like, what kind of stuff she's into. And she's like, oh, a lot of stuff, school, school being a big one, pretty big deal in the debate club. Uh, and that's not up for debate. <laughs> She thought that was very funny when she said it. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'm not popular. <laughs> and then uh, in that moment, they kind of bond a little bit when they agree that popular people suck. So they're both kind of off the beaten path type of kids, but, you know, just just different directions. That's us in the 90s. Yeah, it, it was just a it's, it's something to bond over. You don't have to bond over being the same type of person or the same interest. It's just more like we kind of fit socially in the same area. Yeah, I think for, that's a great point. This is a testament to that as people who have been friends for 30 years who have always been pretty different into our interests, you know? Yeah, I've said that a million times, too. Um, When you look at our group as a whole and the amount of people that we've hung out with for legitimately 30 plus years now, it's you see a lot of people who get together because of just a common interest. And we all have some common traits and things we like together, but that's not what defined us as a, a group. It, it was just kind of a common mental place. and things like that if we all were only friends because we were avid bruins fans or something like that right and then you grow up and you don't like hockey anymore like what do you still have with those group of guys but that we didn't all get together over one thing it was all multiple random little things that kind of grouped us together and that's good in the long run i think luckily our love of analyzing television shows has carried on (laughs) since we were in the first grade they then head over to the stereo to listen to the song some more. And I guess there's a part that's coming up that Gwen's excited about. And she turns up the radio and that's when we meet her brother, Nate, who runs in with shaving cream on his chest, telling her to turn the crap down because he's trying to shave. I don't quite understand why music is getting in the way of him shaving, but it does. I also don't get why he's shaving his chest. I know. Who would shave their chest? Well, no, I feel like he's someone who doesn't need to. He doesn't look like he has any body hair. Right. Like his arms have no hair or anything like that. He's probably fine. Maybe, maybe he's like thinking, you know, if I shave what little hair I have, maybe it'll grow back thicker. Possibly. Maybe he's a swimmer. I'll get into this in a second. He doesn't look like he's on the swim team. Yeah, he he shows, he shows back up. He ate the swim team. Now, as somebody who has, I have shaved my chest before, has everybody here shaved their chest? Oh, yeah. No. Um, no. I have a little bit that pops up right here that I shave sometime, but no, I've never shaved Sometimes I will trim down the hair a little bit. You know, I'm a, I'm a gorilla like man but um not a full shave i'm not meant to be hairless oh, i haven't done it in years but i've done it a couple times before yeah 
Okay, young young Ferg used to shave his whole body, but not anymore. It's for speed, though. That's right. <laughs> it makes me more aerodynamic when I fight, dog. <laughs> he leaves, and she explains, like, oh, that's my older brother. Uh, different dads, which, definitely different dads. Ethnically, they look very different, so I, I think they just wanted to get that out of the way right away. Like, oh, that's my brother, different dads. I thought that was a good way to do that. Yeah, just bring it up right away. Not get into it too much. I do hate, though, that there's so many step-sibling jokes we could make and can't, because... They share a parent. Uh, they're not step, they're half. Oh, that's even worse. Never yeah, mind, strike that, that's yeah. worse. Don't make your jokes. Don't make any of your jokes. <laughs> I wasn't going to make the joke anywhere, they're children. Yeah. <laughs> that's never stopped you before. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, he's cool, uh, and he's, he's fun to mess with, and then raises the volume again, and he runs over to him saying, seriously, Gwen, I almost nicked my nerps. <laughs> that, that got I'm, me I'm and sorry. i knew it got gordo which got me again <laughs> here's here's my problem his nerps are covered he's wearing a tank top also if he was really shaving his chest and they wanted this to look right he should have came out without any shirt on right and he, they could have right. lathered them all up and he could have covered the nerps too with some shaving cream in his chest. So to, so to recap, Jay would have preferred the lathered up shirtless boy in the show. <laughs> uh, not for sexual purposes, but I mean, if we're being honest here, like the visual gag, him running out in a tank top with like, I don't know, a dollop of shaving cream on his already hairless chest going like, I'm trying to shave. It didn't make any sense. I don't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say... No, Ferg, you should cut him work. off right now, because you are the expert, is the only person I know who has worn a shaving cream bikini in this conversation right now. You probably do have some more insight on this topic. Backwards yeah, F-Man. I, 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 I didn't cut my nerves or anything. No, but what I was going to say is, for this joke to work, they would have had to have played something a little harder and louder, like, that would scare him and be a lot... So, like, when he was shaving... Something with like one big like, beat or something, yeah, maybe that, like, drops. But yeah, no, I just thought, you come out with a tank top on... <laughs> He can't be like, I almost nicked my nerp. Like, you're not shaving near your nipples. You have like an area that's like the size of a, of a postcard that, that's exposed right now. And that's all that has shaving cream on it. So I just thought visually the joke didn't work. Maybe he has high nerps. My guess, personally, my guess is that the actor was not comfortable not having a shirt on. That's why they went around it the way they did. But it was written the way it was and they just did it. I don't blame him. I wouldn't do it either. Although I guess if I had my 14 year old body, I would. Yeah okay that sounded weird too this is a hard episode man not for anyone else you seems to be doing just okay so in any event yeah he tells him that um this is whiny vagina music and it's bumming him out <laughs> uh, i thought his acting was a little overboard he was like very disney show type of i was gonna say the same thing he's yeah disney that's a level. good way to put it yeah it was confusing. I didn't know what he wanted to be because I thought it was like the older jock brother and then later he's hanging out with them and he's being goofy like them. So I don't know what he is supposed to be. At yeah, maybe all. they like, didn't know either, you know, doing the show. And um, but yeah, I thought that was a, the way he was acting was a little too silly for the scene. Personally, my opinion. But um, Gwen replies telling him that um, her and her new friend are going to start a band and they're going to call it Whiny Vagina. And I'm almost surprised there isn't a band called Whiny Vagina at this point. I feel like I've played a show with a band called something very similar <laughs> to that, and as something similar to that stupid, which is the next band name they mention. Well, in the next scene, we have Kitty, who's in the kitchen talking to Eric, and she's saying how, I love having the house full again, it just, it fills me with joy, and then you leave and it's sad, and then winter comes, and I visit my mom's grave, and I tell her how much fun it was when the house was full. When this started, because she paused, you know, I tried emulating the pauses. Every time it starts up and like you're getting that like live crowd reaction, they're like laughing 
And then every time she said something, it was getting a little sadder and you'd get a few less laughs. And it was like, huh, huh. and then towards the, and then, and then she said, and I visit my mom's grave. And then there was just a few awkward laughs left. And like people didn't know where this is going. And it just went down to silence. And it went, by the time she was done talking, it was just dead silence. And luckily the laughs kicked back in because Eric buttoned it with a joke, which is the, uh, so can I have some syrup now? I just thought that was like abnormally dark. And I'm trying to remember back. Did Kitty get like this at times? I thought she was she like. She was the queen of the guilt trips. But this was like just dark. But when she would say dark stuff, she'd then do that classic like, ah, ha, 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 yeah. kitty laugh, right? Yeah. And it would make it less. That should have buttoned it. Yeah. The laugh. It's will say that when Winter girls. comes, I weirdly loved that. Just like the pause in between it, because I feel like that's just the perfect depression thing. It's like, and then winter comes. Yeah, Nick, um, <laughs> the Golden Girls, you're right. They did a lot of this in their pilot episode, too, where it was just a lot of just dark, we're old and everything sad now jokes. And Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, Gordo, when we when I brought up earlier that I thought that, like, Eric and Red maybe were the best at playing the same character, I thought Kitty was so changed in this. And this was one of a few moments where she just said things that weren't quite, like, how she would before. Her attitude and demeanor was a little different. You know, she's still Kitty. You know what I was surprised? Because I was waiting to see if they were going to get into this at all, and this would have been the moment to do it. Do you think they're ever going to mention the fact that there is another daughter that Kitty and Red had? Who The actor who plays her is dead in real life now. Yeah, she passed but, away. Um, really? I, I thought they would have at least mentioned her here. There was two actors that played it, though. They could just bring the other one back. That's true, too. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just guess for this particular story, it's not that pertinent, right? Like, um, we don't need to know everybody's whereabouts yet, and things are going to pop up probably throughout the season. We know there are other cameos to come, so I guess it wasn't super important, so maybe that's why it wasn't addressed. I was going to say, Jay, back to your point about Kitty, I think that she's getting a bigger role in this than she did in that 70s show. Like, she was just kind of there, like, in, in well, that the trailer, Well, the trailer really kind of uses... Kitty and Red is the glue to transition yeah. you from that 70s show to that 90s show. Because after this episode, I did check, right? So I didn't watch any other episodes, but I looked through like the IMDb. Like Donna pops up in a couple more episodes. Topher Grace, uh, Eric, this is his only episode. He just shows up here. We have like Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, like one episode. Wilmer Valderrama, I think a couple episodes. So, you know, this, it really wasn't... um Except Bob. for Red and Kitty, who are in Bob's in one. Hey there, Bob. Want a pizza pie? So, like, <laughs> with the exception of Red and Kitty, who are in all ten episodes, everyone else is just there to say hello. So, like, I think there is a little more role for Kitty here because they're using her more. Like, because they're gonna—they're really the only past this episode, and like other than little moments here and there throughout the season, they're the only ones who are gonna kind of be the glue that kind of like you know bridges these two things together. There could be a little bit there with that. I like it. I'm glad that this is Red and Kitty are the main, you know, adult characters on the show. I think those we grew up loving those characters, right? And they're still funny. So why not give them the shine for once, you know? Yeah. My thing is this, and I guess there's, because I don't know where to interject it. And we're already kind of tangenting you here. So I might as well just say it here. Uh, like a problem I had, I guess, as a viewer is knowing that we don't get that show. I would have liked to see, like, even if it was focused on the kids. I wanted Eric and Donna there the whole time. Like I wanted yeah, 10 I episodes. Agree. Even if they were not in it a lot and they were in it as sparingly as 
as Red and Kitty were in the old episodes. Like, I needed their presence there, and I fear how watchable future episodes will be without them, but I mean, I guess that's to decide on later. Yeah, that's why I said he should have lost his job or something, and them being there just because there's no alternative. Right. So my my theory is, this is just my theory, and I don't know, is that Topher Grace doesn't want to do it. Well, I think he's busy because he's filming another show. But remember, he's the one who left that 70s show to begin with. And he did the finale, and he probably did this to just be like, oh, you know, like, I don't have bad will towards everyone in the show, so let me come in, I'll do an episode, and, you know, we'll pass the torch, and I'll be done with it. Weirdly, I have a couple things to respond to that for uh, from Fuller House. So I totally agree with you. I'd love to see more of them in the show. But in Fuller House, some of those characters got very old by being in too many episodes, yeah. right? And that is kind of a bummer. But then to your other thing, if that's the case, that's your theory. We're just saying it's a theory. We don't know. That makes me like Topher Grace even more because nothing made me more aggravated in Fuller House that the Olsen twins couldn't even do like a Skype video to be like, hey, we're in Paris. We want to say hello. They just wanted nothing to do with it. Like, you can't get on a video call for these people. How fucking dare you? Because they're shitty people. But one of them did kill Heath Ledger. Agreed. And, And then, you know. Wait, what? We don't have time for that story. We'll tell you off here. We'll tell you I'll off tell you later. We'll talk later. I'll, I'll get you back to that news story from 20 okay. years ago okay. when we're done. But, but to, to go back to, to Fuller House, you know, now things have happened. Bob Saget's no longer with us, right? So now you can never have that moment. And that sucks. So you can never have, like, that whole family together in a scene again. Like, that time is now passed. And, like, there was an opportunity for them to do it, and they didn't. So, yeah, so... Let's say, and again, this is only my theory, Topher Grace didn't really want to be strong in this show. Then maybe it's good that he at least gave, you know, you get that one scene, we could see them together again. Yeah, which is more than the Olsen twins would do. Right. Can I I insert one spoiler while we're talking about what we're talking about? I know what you want to say, and I feel like we can just say it later. Okay, that's fine. Because I know, I think I know, this is about other cameos? Yeah, they missed the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll talk. We'll talk about never it coming back. I mean, we'll yeah. never get it. Never. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. And yeah, and, and, to, and the only thing other about like Full House before we move forward again is when Fuller House did it, like, especially with some of the sub characters outside of the daughters. I feel like they made too big of a deal every time one of them showed up again. So the first episode, you get that big pop every time, right? But when Danny Tanner comes back again or Uncle Jesse comes back again, they make it look like it's the first time. Like, it's that wild reaction, like, hey, everybody. And it just, it didn't, if it was just casual when they show up again, it'd be fine. But they made it too much of a production. It's like you were here three episodes ago. It's not that crazy that you're in the world again. We already have established it. Get back into all this. Leia walks uh, through and in passing, Eric spots something in her nose and asks her what it is. And she says it's a nose ring. And you can see, like, Red's excited to see how Eric's going to respond. Yeah, this was great. The smile, the sly smile. And this happens a few times throughout the episode. It's like, all right, Eric, let's see how it is for you now as a parent. She's like, oh, I got it from Gwen. He's like, oh, okay, it's from Gwen. Cool, I didn't know it was Gwen. Oh, question before you leave. Who's Gwen and why is she poking holes in your perfect face? (laughs) And she's like, oh, she lives next door and, like, I'm heading there now. And I thought it was just kind of weird because... Right there, there's like this shift where now he's just more like, oh, are her parents there? And are you going to be home by a certain time for the fireworks? And now he's completely ignored the fact that she got her nose pierced. He never brings it up again at this point. He's just concerned about that now. 
another part that comes up later too. He acts the exact same way. And I'm like, that's a way bigger problem that you come back like that. Yeah, he just like, it just goes away instantly. So it was like, yeah. you pierce your nose and then it's like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Gwen's. Okay, what time are you going to be back by? What, what happened to the nose piercing? Let, let's, let me just say this. 14-year-old us walking back to our parents' house with the pierced nose. What would happen? I would have had to have taken it out before I walked in my house, put it back in when I got in my room, and then remember to take it off as I'm leaving the house. Yeah, I had my nose pierced, but I don't remember how. Maybe I was like 17, though. Bro, you had to hide your first tattoo from your mom, right? Yeah, I was in my 20s. And then, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It it was what your nephew stooged you out, right? Yeah, he saw it under my shirt. When in response to being home on time, she says that she's going to try. And Eric stops and is like, oh, as Master Yoda said, and I like that Leia and uh, Red both like groan because they know what's happening. (laughs) And he's like, do or do not, there is no try. And she says, Master Yoda was a puppet from a fake world with some guy's hand up his butt. He's like, now you're just being hurtful. But yeah, again, I don't know, very Star Wars obsessed out of nowhere. You literally saw him grow up while Star Wars came out, and it wasn't this big in his life. And now, like, as he gets older, he's super obsessed with it. Yeah, it's mentioned in episodes, and there's, like, yeah, subplots about it, but it was never this through line like that. I think they did, like, a Halloween episode, too, where he might have, that might have been his costume. I don't recall now, but. I'm like, it's fuzzy, but I remember one of their, like, flashback things it's not flashback like a star wars like fantasies they do and yeah. like, I think fez was stressed as like leia yeah. i'm not leia um luke i do like how red here is like almost egging her on like kind of in a way like i i like this side of red well you're being yeah the grandparent is always different than the parent right you see that with yeah. our own parents when they became yeah. grandparents because red closes by you know saying like ah teenagers i feel for you son but on the other hand payback's a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you know he's loving it the next scene we're in um gwen's basement and it's her leia and some kid named ozzy and uh they're sitting there playing uno and we cut to he's ozzy's like places all his cards but one down and proclaims that he has uno then he bites the head off a bat which is really weird <laughs> so this character is really strange to me and i can't quite describe him he's, he's very like feminine in speech and i think later it's explained that he's gay but it's not th- that. There's something just weird about how he acts. Oh, he's a weird fucking voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he has like a like a roboticness to him. He sounds like he like a stereotypical nerd in the movie Revenge of the Nerds. Like he would be in a member yeah. of the Trilands. Like. Yeah, I can see that. Gwen tells Leia that uh, her and Ozzy first met in detention, and he wasn't because he told his math teacher that his wife was cheating on him. She was making out with some dude at IHOP. Like, yeah, that's horrible. It's like, I, I know, IHOP. Show some class. I, I like, love IHOP. I haven't been to an IHOP in a while. I don't hate it. I don't I find like it's class. It's a breakfast. I spot. was at IHOP last Sunday. Did I love you get IHop. the Rudy Tutti Fresh and Fruity? No, but it was actually really good. I, I like I have I hadn't eaten there in a long time. I went with a buddy of ours and I, I mean their hash brown, I could eat $50 worth of their hash browns. Me too. It's so fucking good. They had crepes there that were amazing. It was a good experience. It's breakfast. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking IHOP. My thing was, okay, why would you get detention for telling your teacher that his wife's cheating on him? Like, that's uncomfortable. And, like, 
So just giving point, information yeah. doesn't get you detention. All I could think of is like that guy, he's a teacher at a high school. And his days can really go either way. He wakes up that morning, he makes breakfast, he makes his coffee, he kisses his wife, he says, I love you. And then his world comes crashing down because some little fuck tells him that his wife is cheating on him <laughs> at the IHOP and then also derides the IHOP to him, too, as if that's worse than what's happening in his life. And that guy has to go on. The fact that he only gave him detention, I think, is a testament to what a strong human being that person must be. Uh, it's displaced anger. He's, he's punishing the wrong person here, but... Maybe he thinks he's being a little punk and making it up. He could be. Yeah, that's true, too. After that, Gwen's brother runs down uh, with two other kids, uh, his girlfriend, Nikki, and this kid named Jay. He's really excited and wants to tell them that the best thing ever just happened. And Nikki says, you said that when the McRib came back. He said, why is that joke so overused? I like the McRib. Because it's still a thing. Because, like, McDonald's. Yeah, because, look, it's. 2023 and it was just like a month ago and like McRib's coming back for the last time ever and like we all know it's not going to be the last time ever we know that first of all McDonald's fuck you alright <laughs> bring back the Arch Deluxe I'm calling you out what was the Arch Deluxe Delu I don't remember but it was good then why do you want it back if you don't remember it it was the first burger that McDonald's had that had bacon Oh. And that was the big deal That's about not it. But true. Burger King had a bacon burger. That's Wendy's not had true a bacon at all. Burger. They had bacon before that. It was marketed for adults and had special sauce on it. The special sauce? The special sauce. So I don't know if Joe's right or not. So He's I'm not, not. going to say you're wrong. He's not. I don't, I can't, I don't have a, a different example. <laughs> Ferg is definitive. But I, I know <laughs> Ferg's right in that the whole thing was they were trying to gimmick these like more adult, classier sandwiches. So. When that happened, they also got rid of the filet of fish for a while, and then they brought in the fish filet deluxe, and they had a grilled chicken deluxe and a crispy chicken deluxe. It was like the whole line that they had. And then they all went away, and then the filet of fish didn't come back for a while because they still had that stupid fish filet deluxe thing going on for a bit, which is just like the same thing, only there's sesame seeds on the bun. <laughs> Isn't this classy? Our buns have no seeds. What? Oh, I was quoting Coming to America. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, no, to go back to the McRib thing, it's like uh, it's culturally relevant forever. So it, it worked because people get the joke because they still it still happens. Netflix should have thrown in Arch Deluxe. That's all I'm saying. Do we believe for a minute that the McRib isn't going to come back? No, of course it's no, coming back. It is. But I do want to look on eBay after this to see if I can find. Remember they made the McDonald's Big Mouth Billy Bass that sang the filet of fish song? I have it. You have it? Of course. Hold on. Hold on. I will legitimately go and grab it. I'm so it. excited that you have this. Hold on. Hold on. It's Frankie the fish. All right. I'm going to make a note to look for one of those and uh, then get divorced. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can also record stuff, too, on this, I believe. And they also have a remix. Anyways, moving forward. Just real quick, though. That was in a prominent enough place in your house that you're able to just go grab it. <laughs> yeah, over his bed. It's actually in my entrance to my house. At least it's not in your exit. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed you just had it hanging up next to your Larry the Cable Guy health inspector poster. My wife likes it, okay? My wife likes the fish. It's there. 
in our, our the front of our house. So if you ever come over, you could come and see Frankie. Enticing. In any event, while uh, he's talking about the McRib, uh, he looks sad when 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 Nikki had said, you know, you brought it up. He's like, well, they said it was gone forever. She was very um, swooned by his vulnerability, and the two start to kiss. And as this is happening, Jay heads over to Leia, sits next to her, and gives her like a, hey, girl. And he did that a few times throughout the episode. That's kind of his calling card. And she goes, hey, boy, or man, I don't know how this whole puberty thing is going for you. Probably great. And everyone's interacting for a bit. But eventually, Nate cuts them all off to get back into the story that he wants to tell. So it cuts to him, Jay, and Nikki all sitting in his van, which it wasn't really a van, right? It was more of a station wagon? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was like one of the first minivans. It was like the Ford EcoStar or something like that. It was was super popular. Yeah. I was like, that's too small. Like, when they say van, at least say, like, minivan. You keep saying, like, we got in my van. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm thinking, like, the wet bandits. Yeah, no, it's not like a van van, but it is a minivan. It starts with Nikki asking, like, why she has to sit in the back seat. And Nate explains to her that, well, Jay's my best friend, and he did call shotgun, which I think is the more important part here. He called shotgun, so by all means, he deserves that seat. And I, I was it's like, it's w- one of those weird things, right? Like, I knew we always played that way, but I didn't know if that was like a universally known game or not. Like, sometimes you find out that it's just weird things you do in your area. But I guess shotgun um, exists everywhere. Worldwide and timeless. Now, but we would play with blitz rules, which I don't know if everyone did. That's why you call shotgun no blitz. Right, yeah. but does everyone play that way, or is that a weird thing that we added? I think that was a weird thing that we added. All right, well, for those of you guys listening, I guess shotgun is kind of universally known, right, where you can call shotgun to sit, you know, front passenger side. We would be able to call blitz if no one said no blitz, and then you could run and grab the seat anyways if, you know, no one had done that yet. Very heated arguments over the blitz rule. Like, legitimately. Yeah, like yeah. People would get legit Fuck mad. you, I called it. I called shotgun, yeah. and you sat in the seat. I was thinking today about the different terms and stuff, and a shoddy too hottie came into my yeah. head, which I hadn't thought of in a billion years. He's, he explains, you know, Jay's had my back for the last 12 years, and you've had my front for the last six months. I can't choose. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines of the episode. That was funny, yeah. That was good. This kid, like, didn't have me at the shaving scene in the bedroom. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not going to want to follow the antics of this kid. And then in this scene, he started winning me over. You know what? The two dudes up sitting up front. You know what bugged me about them? Is they're both Kelso. Yeah. They're both the same character. And I don't know if they're trying to make a new Kelso because it seems like they're trying to make a new Fez. She's going to be the new nerdy Eric and stuff like that. But they got two Kelsos and it's weird. Well, well you have to eliminate one of the main characters. That's you kind of have to I double guess, up yeah. on one, I guess. Like, we got to make one of these kids less hide now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't hire any curly-headed fucks. <laughs> you get somebody else in here. Imagine if one of them was like, yeah, but my daddy's in jail. <laughs> that would have been fun for everyone I'm a Scientologist else. and my dad's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you have to think they at least made the joke in the writer's room at least once, right? Maybe, I, I, yeah. One would hope. As they're talking, a guy walks up to the car and he's like, hey, uh, you guys ordered the keg? And they're like, um, and they look kind of shocked and went like, yep. All right. And it's uh prepaid, right? And like, uh, yep. So he's like, all right, cool. And he just walks up and he throws a keg in their, in their trunk. He's like, happy fourth and walks off. 
I'm to assume that they didn't try ordering over the phone or anything, right? They just happened to be parked there and it was like a very lucky situation. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a right place, right time. Right. And it did make me think back, right? Because like, uh, especially with the 4th of July, like I was, I thought back. So for years, I, and I won't get into all the stories, but for years I used to throw a 4th of July party, but I, it made me think of the very first one. Cause the first one we were, we weren't 21 yet, but we were like close. I want to say we were probably like 1920 at the time. And I just remember that party getting a keg. And at that moment being younger and be like, we got a keg. For a party and like it's a huge feeling how yeah. big of a deal that was at that time to have a keg for the fourth of july that like the one keg and uh it, i don't know it made me think back to that which i, was, I which remember was trying to figure out how to tap it yes you yeah. could not get the fucking yep. thing on or to work which is a problem that they are going to be dealing with soon yeah both of those scenes like i mean the time we stole that keg from that party at the mit house the frat house was a real fun one too and the same thing we like brought it home we were like oh well it's midnight nobody has a tap so what the fuck do we do now right <laughs> and then that keg froze overnight and then thawed so then when we finally did get a tap for it two days later the beer was flat then we drank it anyway because we stole a fucking keg we're gonna drink the beer and you all got beat up by frat <laughs> no we didn't we they've scattered like fucking cockroaches and the lights came on when the cops came into the house and we were just smart like We'll just walk down the back. They're not going to arrest us. And then we saw the keg and we're like, well, anyways. Yeah. So it cuts to them back in the basement where Jay and Nate are just having a conversation with one another, only using the word bro, which they did a bit earlier in the car too. And uh, just like, bro, 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 bro. Like one of those that's going on for a while. Nikki uh, tells the rest of them that this has been going on the whole ride back. I thought that was funny. Very uh, dude wears my car vibes. It was very dude, dude It did, yeah, which is, I guess, a nice throwback to Ashton, right? Gwen says, well, let's tap this keg and get stupid. And that's when Nate realizes that they don't have a tap, and now the beer is trapped inside the keg. I love it's trapped inside. And Nikki asks if a kiss would make him feel better, and he says, only if your mouth is full of beer, which I thought was good. <laughs> Yeah, like, this whole scene, you're like, oh, I'm starting to root for these kids now. This is where I came around to where, like, obviously the show's not going to be about the parents, but I am starting to enjoy the interactions between the, the new crew. One question, it's like, obviously they can't buy beer, they're kids, but would they not sell them a tap in, re- in reality? Like, a tap isn't selling kids alcohol. I, I had that written for later, because it's going to come up, because that's the next time we see them, they're kind of discussing that plan, but um i wasn't sure i was I, I there i guess paraphernalia maybe it could fall under so i could yeah. see why like a store would say no but i don't know if there's technically anything wrong with it i feel like it's one of those weird things where like you know how like if you work at a convenience store or something right if you're 18 you can handle alcohol but you can't purchase it but if you're under 18 you can't even touch a case of it like it might be a weird thing where like you can maybe purchase a keg tap at 18 because it's not yeah, I don't know what the rule is. I can't recall. But yeah, I wasn't sure. I'd like to assume that we have some pretty good fans, and I'd like to assume that a good bunch of them are drinkers. So <laughs> I would, uh, if anybody knows, let us know. And the next scene, we get that classic, that 70s show, Shot Around the Table. And it's Donna, Eric, Red, and Kitty. Only they're upstairs at the kitchen table. And it's that, it's that shot that when they would all smoke, you would see them going from person to person in the circle. There's usually four in the, uh, whenever they would do it. And it starts with Donna saying how weird that this feels. And um, that being that they're upstairs people now. 
because you can see they're playing cards and drinking beers and stuff. Uh, except Eric, who's drinking a Zima. And I, I like that he was drinking a Zima. I don't like that they mentioned the Zima. That's the difference. In that 70s show, it just would have been a background touch. Exactly. Yeah. And that was a that 80s show type of thing that they brought it up by reference to be don't like, look, it's the, the 90s. With it. yeah. Right. It's there. We see it. You don't have to say, hey, it's a Zima because it's the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that, that's how I read it. And I didn't really like that part of it. I was going to say, is Zima making like a comeback? It did make a comeback at some point. I don't know if it's still okay. back, but it, it came back for a minute. I was I was wondering if maybe that was the reason, like, you know, how they put like delicious Bud Light, you know, in shots for like that. There was a bit of product placement in this episode as a whole. So, I mean, who knows? That could be part of it is that they wanted their product in there. Who knows? But this would be like the prime time of Zima. Like this is the SNL sketch Zima period. So Zima is very like, prevalent in culture at this time it's no boku but right <laughs> i assume it's exactly the same as smeared off ice right i'm sure it's in that wheelhouse I'm, it's gotta I'm, be close probably you know? tastes yeah. worse but it's probably a worse version of it which is saying something yeah <laughs> right also they kind of like threw the red herring out there it was like because in the beginning of the scene when you see donna it's like oh this is weird and it cuts over you see smoke <laughs> in the background which is to make you think that maybe they're all smoking only with Red and Kitty. But in reality, Kitty made popcorn and it's burning. So she had to go and like tend to that. During this is the, a great joke. I really appreciated how they did this. But all, but she's like, oh, I fixed it. She like picked out the bad ones. That doesn't work with popcorn. When you no. ruin popcorn and you pick out no. the ones that are fine, nope. they it still taste taste like burnt. Even if you don't eat a burnt one, yep. the stink transfers to every single one of them. And yep. They all smell and taste burnt. That's all I can think oh, of. Yeah. Once you burn a couple, it's done for. I ruined the whole floor of a hotel with burnt popcorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they shut they shut it down. Everyone had to go to a different floor. The other thing was Kitty bringing up the calling her mom thing again. Donna says, nah, seems forced. And then it was like, and then, you know, it was like, come on, mom, drop. It's like, no, seems forced. <laughs> like, it was like, and she's just like mean mugging her at this point. I know this was for the payoff, but was anybody else enraged? Just give this to her. It's all yeah. she wants. Yeah. <laughs> I I was okay with the it seems forced thing. And, and and the fact that she keeps bringing it up, like, it's weird at that point. Like, Kitty seems to want it under any circumstances, but it needs to be done in a way that feels genuine, I think. And Also, like, for me, as somebody, Gordon, I don't know how you feel about this, but, like, having a mother-in-law... I call my mother-in-law mom. Like, I don't think it's a weird thing. So I was, I was thinking about this. I, I literally thought about this beforehand because I knew it would come up. I was like, Joe definitely calls his mother-in-law mom. And I feel like Gordo doesn't Gordo. Uh, Joe, you call my mom, mom. So I knew for a fact that you would call your mother-in-law mom. Yeah. I've called the three people I've called mom in my life. It's your mom, my mom and my (laughs) mother-in-law. So, so I felt like that was the way it was going to pan out. I mean, I, I will occasionally, but like, if I, like, I don't, I don't, usually i don't envision now i'm not in a situation where it matters right exactly i I was thinking about it though i don't think i would but i guess you'd have to be in the circumstance and know how close you got to the individuals and what their relationship with their parents is and all that and and time you know exactly i mean you know like i'll say like you know hi matka because i'm also like not i'm not a big pet name guy either so I feel like so so anything is just out of my wheelhouse. But what are you talking about? You call people pet names all the time. Just you guys, they're not girls. Anyways, pumpkin. Let's Your move pet forward. names are hurtful. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Let's go, Cannoli Joe. So now uh, we, we get back into uh, Gwen and Nate's basement, and they're trying to brainstorm how to get the beer out of this keg. And it starts with, like, Nate, who's trying to, like, pry it open. And Leia suggests, like, let's just go to Mama's. And that's the li- Mama's is the liquor store. I don't think I brought that up earlier. And try to buy one there. And then they explain that they've all tried buying from Mama in the past, but she's really tough. And <laughs> she's really tough. They are children. This is not like, man, she's really hard to sell us liquor. But like, no, you're You're babies. clearly kids. Yeah, you don't look like you're old enough. Nobody there has, like, you know wispy mustache or anything like it's you're it's so hard to say that after nate's suggestion to get a laser is shut down he starts freaking out and telling everyone that they're stupid and hate beer and hate america and nikki tries to calm him down by suggesting that tomorrow how about we head into the woods and i'll watch you do karate on a tree (laughs) (laughs) don't laugh at that no i laughed at that super hard because very stepbrothers it felt very stepbrothers and also have you guys seen that? Is it not Riot on Cell Block 99, but it's something close to that. It's a Vince Vaughn movie from a couple years ago. It's one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. But when it first came out in the trailer, he literally beats up a car. <laughs> and for like a month, I would always like say to Kelsey, like, can we watch the movie now where Vince Vaughn beats up the car? And it's become like a carry it on thing with me. So he said, do karate on a tree in my head. I was just like, oh, like when Vince Vaughn beats up the car. <laughs> I, I, I do need to get on a little bit of a rant here, right? So in this scene while they're in the basement, the whole time Nate's wearing a Packers jersey. So I needed to do a little deep dive on it. Because I'm like, something's going to be wrong here. Uh, and it wasn't even what I thought it was. So, because I looked it up, he's wearing a starter jersey, which is who is doing the jerseys at the time. So they did a good job with that. So it was accurate for 95 to have a starter jersey because they're always changing the companies who makes NFL jerseys. At that time, it was starter. But he's wearing a William Henderson jersey. William Henderson, number 30 for the Packers. William Henderson was drafted in 1995, three months prior to when this episode would have happened. Because this is July of 1995. He was drafted April 1995. William Henderson was a fullback who was drafted in the third round. At that point, he had never played a game. He was not a sought-after number one pick type guy like your big new franchise quarterback. There is no chance that this kid would be wearing a William Henderson jersey in his basement at that point in time. None at all. I needed to get that out because as soon as I looked at it, I'm like, let's do a little deep dive here. So I was really proud to do my detective work and find a false <laughs> uh, situation. Technically, was he on the team? Yes, but he was. He had not played a snap yet, and he was a third-round pick. There's no way his jerseys were on the market. Maybe the jersey was cheap. It wouldn't even be on the market back then. Like yeah. in the 90s, like you couldn't find players like that. You couldn't just get whoever you wanted. I don't know, though, because I feel like you could if you went to the pro shop at the stadium. Not the third round draft pick. Not the third round draft pick who hasn't played yet in a non-skill position. Like, it just would never happen. All right, that's fair. But moving forward, so then it's suggested that Leia goes and buys the tap because she's the only one that Mama doesn't know. And Gwen tells her how badass it would be. And Leia's like, well, I have done some pretty badass things before. One time at a beach, a seagull stole my sandwich. And underneath my breath, I called it a bitch. And I do like how even when she was telling the story, she was nervous to say bitch. Yeah, Yeah, like she was afraid to say it even just in front of friends, not in front of anybody. It also felt very much like a Eric line. Yeah. Yeah. Like it seemed like she was channeling her dad. But then um, they're like, you know what? You know, we need to do something to change up your look, though, a little bit before, you know, to prevent you from getting carded. 
Now it cuts to her walking across the store um, with the beer tap in hand, and you see she's sporting a new pregnant stomach, which I thought was a, a funny workaround. And makeup to make her look older, too. They right. like really, really went heavy hand on the makeup. I think the, I think the makeup would have just sufficed and they went yeah. that extra step. But I, li- I like what they're going for here. So she gets to the register, and, and Mama asks her if um, she should be drinking in her condition. And she says, oh, well, it's for my husband who grabbed a keg uh, for the baby shower. And she's like, fancy. Yeah, she's got Mama Fratelli vibes going on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, and <laughs> <laughs> it's wet, isn't it? As she goes to grab the money from her purse, she accidentally slides the whole stomach over. And when Mama notices, she tells her that she had enough of this from the kids that she's going to call the cops. And as she goes to pick up the phone, Leia cuts her off. And she's like, put the phone down, Mama. Shut up. Then she's like, fine. But when the cops are here, you're going to have to explain to them why you gave a keg to a bunch of kids. Like, it wasn't me. It was Wade. He goes, Mama. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She says, either way, you're going to lose your liquor license. So put the phone down, sell me the tap, and we're going to have a nice 4th of July. Like, what are you, some sort of a lawyer? Debate club. First place, junior regionals. It was over before it started. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was like such a drastic character shift for her to do this. Um, it was a little out of nowhere. She was so timid and nerdy. And here, like, the second she was about to grab the phone, she's like, put the phone down. And I was like, who is this girl? But it worked. It was, it was fun. Isn't that how Eric would act on occasion, though? In that um, 70s show? I don't really recall, but I think it was good for her because this is kind of her coming-of-age story, so I guess yeah. like these moments are good for her. What really threw me off in this scene was they go to buy the tap, and the tap is $40, and then right next to them is a sign that says how much the kegs cost, which is $30? That, that, that's how they get you. Price disparities? Yeah. So I assumed they were doing like American domestic beer. They're in Wisconsin, right? It's probably... So I just looked up High Life. The keg of High Life now is about $105, and a tap is like 50 I was going to say, I have it up still. A tap costs 50 bucks. Yeah, so it's totally... Th- those numbers just were wild to me. Yeah, here's what bothered me about this scene, and this bothered me a lot, and I- I'm surprised you guys didn't catch it. If you looked around at that whole store, everything in that store was modern-day packaging. There were Doritos, Twinkies, and Starburst, and everything in there had its modern packaging. They didn't make any effort to use 90s packaging in that scene at all. And it fucking drove me crazy. It's like, Netflix, will you just fucking do better? Will you put some effort into a fucking show you do? Also, that's a warehouse thing. Like, there are set dressers who just have that yeah. stuff to loan out. Right. You could just go buy a bunch of those Doritos nacho flavor that are in the old bag. You could just go get those at the store. Some and 3D Doritos. For the Foreman house, they did that. There was like old, older Mountain Dew and stuff like that there. But when you go to this liquor store, if you look back at the scene, everything is modern day product. And it's like, why would you not have someone overseeing that? Like, they're like, oh shit, no one's going to notice. Well, I fucking noticed. <laughs> and it bothered me. I was more bothered that all the kids were in the store with her. Me they too. sent her because she wouldn't know her, but then they all walk in with her. Yeah, but that's dumb classic kid stuff where, like, you just don't think enough of it. You're like, they won't, they won't notice. We'll be there for support. You're going to stand outside. This, you know, that makes me think of is, uh, the movie Jack when they sent him in to go get the porn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, at the radio with them. Like, I've, I've, got, the, I've got the playhouse. Uh, the playhouse. The Playboy. <laughs> playhouse is the fake penthouse playhouse. Jeez, uh, I can't say anything now. Playboy penthouse fakey version, I guess you could have. A great Fran Drescher vehicle, Jack. 
Yeah, so now it cuts to the kids on the water tower toasting to Leia, and they brought the keg. Yes, I have that written too. The water tower. I, yep. Yeah, that's not going to happen. At first, I was like, oh, maybe they're on like a little landing thing, because when they used to go to the top of the water tower in the original show, it was a little different. And then, no, they <laughs> drags a keg to the top of a water tower. Nate's not that strong. No, yeah. none of them were strong. Maybe they roped that. it up. No. Even <laughs> so, though, that's, that's dead weight. Yeah. But there's five of them, or six of them. May, maybe it's light bear. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> <laughs> That was a big oversight, I think, too, is, is getting, what are they just getting lazier as the episode gets along? <laughs> yeah, like, we're, like, in the last five minutes here, and they're like, ah, eh, fuck it. Like, we already, pull, we already pulled them in, let's stop making an effort. They had favorite Starburst in 1995? I didn't think that was the case. Yeah, no, I noticed the same thing with the keg. I was like, how the fuck did they get this up there? I'm mad. I'm mad nobody fell off the water tower that was, like, Kelso. Same! Thing. I was like, what yeah. the hell? How are they not gonna knock somebody off the water tower? As they're up there, Gwen and Leia are talking, and Gwen wants her to stay for the summer, but Leia knows her father's never going to let her. And Gwen shares this story about how when, it was like kind of like how she became who she is now, right? This kind of more like alternative type, right? Where she's saying that when her parents split up, the school psychiatrist told her that life was pretty much going to suck forever. And I was like, the fuck shrink says that? <laughs> like, A fired one. Oh, maybe that was the same teacher who just found out that his wife was cheating on yeah. him at the IHOP and he just doesn't give a shit about his job anymore. Yeah, listen, Gwen, I know your parents aren't together anymore and I want to be honest with you. Your life is going to really suck for the rest of your life now. It's just not going to get better. In reality, he probably said life was going to get harder, but a kid hears that his life's going to suck forever. Maybe and maybe. But she decided then that that's when she was going to kind of take life into her own hands and do things her way and make sure that her life didn't suck. So Leia says, this is going to sound really dorky, but I'm interested in us becoming best friends. So how do we make that happen? And she tells her, we'll stay for the summer. And uh, you can do uh, drop the dorky disclaimer. It's already implied. And now we cut to Eric, who's in the kitchen looking outside because Leia's nowhere to be found in the... Because while they were up on the water tower, the fireworks are going off. She missed the fireworks with the family, which is the one thing Eric asked her to do um, when she left. Because of that, she missed the fireworks. And now all the weenies, which are now cold and shriveled like his heart, um, there were so many obvious jokes they didn't take here. That's when you can tell that this is more geared towards kids and they were trying to hold back on some of the blue. He humor. said the weenies are cold and shriveled and no one made an offhanded joke. Like, none of them in there said anything. Like, I was waiting for it. It was it was a softball toss. Well, you know who would have made the joke? That would have been Hyde. Any of them in this place, though. It, it, it could have been, like, Donna could have said something to him. When she does finally walk in, we hear Eric call her Leia Tatooine Foreman. Donna says her middle name's Anne, you know that. He said, I never agreed <laughs> to that. Again, they can't let it lie. And here's my thing here, is with that, it was like, you're about to reprimand her, right? Because she just came in late and you, and you just found out she has a beer on her. And she's, she's holding a fucking beer. When I referenced that earlier, this is where I had a problem. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but the whole Leia Tatooine joke, why are you joking right now? You're mad, aren't you? Well, it went over your head that you didn't even know. You thought that was a real name. No, I got the Tatooine part. Leia is her real name. Yeah, but you didn't connect it to Star Wars. No, I didn't. 
earlier on, no. But I'm saying here, I know Tatooine is not her middle name because it's established in this line. Yes. Where it's like, so I'm saying like, if you're an angry parent, is now the time? To fuck around with her? Yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't don't think he's joking. I think that's what he wants to be her middle name. Yeah. Well, it's still not, though. <laughs> so I just Either way, like... his tone does not uh, fit the situation when his 14-year-old daughter, who's never done anything like this, comes back holding a beer in his fucking face. That is... Yeah, Ferg, if your son ever did anything wrong, are you going to be like, Max Goofy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I don't know, but yeah, to go into the beer thing, because he's like, wait a minute, is that a beer in your hand? And she's like, yeah. And there was more of it, but it fell, it fell out of the cup when I was coming down the water tower. It's like, is this girl rebelling too hard? You know, like, I guess she's coming into her own a little bit, but. I think that's the point. She's overcompensating. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like very extreme all of a sudden with her parents, like just to come in with like her parents didn't do anything that bad to her for her to be like doing this all of a sudden. It's also hard to feel bad for her at all when she's like coddled by both of them. It's not like Red's her parent. She's not, doesn't have an overbearing dad and mother who like lock her away. Yeah. There's no need to be rebelling like this. Yeah. But isn't that the thing though? Like you rebel against your parents no matter what. Well, she wanted to rebel. She should say, you know what, dad? I like Star Trek. Yeah. That's a good point. I would, I would not be surprised if that didn't come up later in the season. If he showed up again, and if she said that, he'd have to yell Khan. (laughs) (laughs) This I like the exchange of when uh, he was like, the water tower? What the hell? Donna says, Eric, let me handle this. The water tower? What the hell? Like, that's very sitcom-y to me, but I really liked it. And she says, you know, I had a great time. I don't want it to end. So now you're not going to like me saying this, but I want to stay in point place for the summer. And this is my life and I'm done letting it suck. Don is like, Leia, <laughs> Eric goes, all right, go just unload baby. Both barrels go. She goes, that took courage. I'm impressed. He goes, what, what the, he's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Mom, go preach, go preach. And she goes, you're welcome to stay here if you want. He goes, oh my God, what is happening? It's like, I don't know. I really <laughs> That reaction Eric. by him was really funny. Eric's reaction to both of them, like, supporting her after that was really funny. I thought he did really good there. But Gordo's right. They just stopped caring about the fact that she came home drunk and she's a kid. Like, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that pissed me off as a parent. Well, yeah, like I said, that's the second time. You'd be happy that she came out of her shell. She made friends. She's taking sort of charge and growing up. You'd be happy with all of that, but you'd still be really mad about the drinking. Can I just say that we've been, I've been caught plenty of times around that age drinking oh, sure. Same. with you guys. The only reason why I wasn't banned from ever seeing you guys was because you guys were my only friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it would be very hard for our parents to ban us from seeing each other. Well, it's easy but, for them because they live in Chicago. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. but, so this is what this is the the what I didn't get is that you met these people for one day. Yeah. So this is a bad influence on her. Correct. We were already too far gone by the time we were doing that. So maybe with in this case, right? Maybe they're not getting too upset because she's not visibly very drunk. So they know that she had a beer with her friends, but she's coming and she's articulating and she's act and, and even her arguments with them make sense. So it's not like she's coming in belligerent, didn't get in trouble. Maybe that's why they're not being too hard on her. Yeah, drunk might be an overreach. Drinking, 
We commented a lot about how they got the keg to the top of the water tower, but they drank and then climbed down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like equally dangerous. And again, the Kelso kid should have fallen at that point, right? Should have. Yeah. She tells her dad, he always talks about all these amazing times that he had with his friends, and she wants that. And he tells her, you know, in one day you got your nose pierced, you got beer, and you got a snippy attitude. So, you know what? The answer is no, which, as you know, respect. Yeah. Is this is sound logic? He's not being harsh. This this is this reason for that. She tells him, "Well, I'm not getting in the car tomorrow, and you can't make me." And she runs off, and he replies with, "Oh, you're getting in the car, or my foot is getting in your ass." My favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. watching the full transformation as he finally becomes red was really fun to <laughs> that see. That it was because then Red goes, "I've never been prouder." It's like watching <laughs> your first home run. If you had ever done that. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that button. And then um, the next scene, we see Eric sitting on the hood of the car in uh, front of his garage, which is like another classic that 70s show shot, you know, and it it goes back to the that 70s show pilot where he was doing it because then Donna joins him and he says, like, I can't believe it. I study Star Wars my entire life. And in the moment of truth, I turn into my evil father. And Donna says, you know, I thought about it and I think her staying here isn't the craziest idea and that, you know, your parents can watch her. He's like, were you not here in the 70s? My parents weren't the greatest watchers. Valid. I like the line. Again, I don't like that he said 70s. Yeah. Remember when we were kids? Yeah. It should have been like, remember when we were her age? But like, it was more to be like, remember that 70s show? Like, I felt like that's why he said 70s and it felt a little forced there, but whatever. He acknowledges through this conversation that he knows he can trust Leia to do the right thing without them there. He can't, though. It's been determined he can't trust her to do the right thing. Maybe ultimately he knows, like, she'll never do anything big, big, bad. But maybe not, because this was a big day, right? One day, (laughs) he hates the feeling that he's, like, losing his buddy, that she doesn't really need him anymore. And Donna says, you know, how they have their whole lives because his parents gave them the space to find each other. And he's like, really? You live 20 feet away. I'm pretty sure we would have found each other. The next scene, we have Leia who's like hanging in the grandparents' basement, which is like the iconic basement, which kind of a weird way to show it for the first time, I thought. Like, it is kind of like throwaway. I'm glad you got to see it in the first episode, though. Yeah, yeah. Eric walks down to check in on her, and the first thing he notices is that her nose ring's gone. And she's like, it was a magnet. Um, When I sneezed, it fell down the drain. And... He then goes on to tell her that, you know, when I was your age, me and my friends, we pretty much lived in this basement and like we'd kill time and listen to music and do other things. (laughs) He pointed over to the stairs and says like that right there is where I fell in love with your mother. And she replies with, oh, God, did you do it on those stairs, too? It's lost me, too. No one talks like that. Well, that's so I like how he acted because he went, no. And then he looks over at it and is like, uh, no, no, because he did think. He had to like think back if he actually That's a that's not. a very Eric thing. He like yeah. Yeah. gives the answer, reanalyzes, and then gives the same answer. That is something he always did on that 70s show, which I thought was funny. But yeah, her asking that's not something you would ask your parents. No. It's weird. It's like it's hearkening back to the Gwen saying that they did it in that room, because that was Donna's old room, but like that's not a conversation he was around for. Yeah. So for her to just ask, like, did you guys do it over on the stairs? Like I love doing it so much, though. <laughs> Why would you ask your dad that? He continues on by telling her that he thinks that she should stay for the summer, and if anyone deserves some amazing, that it's her. 
And then she gets him and gives him a hug. And it all comes full circle because while they're hugging now, Eric is smelling Leia's hair. She asks him about it, like, calls, like, are you smelling my hair? He's like, no, because that would be weird. That was a good, like, full circle moment on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's showing he was leaning towards the dark side of becoming red, and now he's going to the light of Kitty. Yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> I will say for Star Wars, though, if I think that last scene, if he just did the joke of, I've been watching Star Wars my entire life, I should never have trusted my evil father or whatever, like, if that was the only Star Wars joke in this whole episode, that's a good joke, and it would have landed so well. But I feel like you just get hit over the head with it that it becomes, like, expected and throwaway. So I think that was, that was kind of fucked up. Wicked force. Now we cut to, like, Eric and Donna's exit. And they're saying their goodbyes to their daughter and, like, Kitty and Red. And as he's exiting, Eric tells Leia that, with your new friends, I want you to all hang in Grandpa's basement as much as possible. And, like, um, you know why he's doing it, because he knows Red's going to hate it. But Kitty's just like, oh, she doesn't, she's not picking up on why he's saying that. He's going like, I agree, that's the safest place for you. And Red's like, nicely played, son. Yeah. And Eric's like, you know, I learned from the best. He's like, nobody likes an ass kisser. (laughs) And right before they leave, Donna says, bye, mom, to Kitty. In, like, a sweet way. So you got that, like, awe from the crowd. They, You know, she said it. They close the door, and then Kitty goes, she called me mom. I win. That's why I don't mess with a pro. And I was like, is this the same Kitty? No, that's very Kitty. That's something she Yeah, that's do. very Kitty. Yeah, that yeah. felt right to me. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it just seemed off for me, but I'll, 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 I lose to the group on that one. Next scene, we have Kitty and Red in the kitchen, and Kitty's getting a shopping list ready of all the snacks because she's going to need some with all these kids in the house again. And Red's like, don't feed them. That's how this all started the first time. <laughs> I feel so bad for all of our, you know, all of our parents, all of our friends' parents. Like, you just, you come in as, like, a 13 or 14-year-old kid. You just eat and drink everything with no regard for any thought of, you know, cost or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Well, at least, um, you know, when our parents were close to our age, everything didn't cost 20 times more like it does now. But, yeah, still. Yeah. You don't even think about it. Like, you're sitting there, like, you eat all the snacks, especially when we're at Ferg's house, right? We'd go through, like, 80 cases of Pepsi yeah, because... How many Pepsis we would drink at Ferg's, yeah. And then uh, just, like, never-ending snack, like, Funny Bones, I think, was always at Ferg's house. You know how much, you, you know how much free shit I got in Pepsi points because of you guys? <laughs> oh. You were so close to that Harrier jet that one time. <laughs> free to you, not to your mom. I gotta watch that documentary. <laughs> Enters Leia and Jay after that, and Red asks who the boy is. And it's Jay. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm Jay. Jay Kelso. And he's like, no. And then enters Ashton Kutcher uh, reprising his role as Michael Kelso. And he jumps in to the kitchen yelling, burn, you know, the classic um, yeah. Kelso line. But I don't think burn worked there because it wasn't really a burn. There was no burn. Yeah, there was well, a I guess it was a place. burn on Red like, that he had to deal with another generation. Yeah, of that's yeah. And he introduces Red and Kitty to his son, and he says, you know, he has his dad's looks and his mom's brain. Straight A's. <laughs> he goes, sweet lord, it's evolving. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Was anybody else here thrown off that Red and Kitty didn't know this about them? Because they live in the same I did think town, that was weird, yeah. And they're, you know, they were, I always got along so well, but you get the, uh, like, the impression that they haven't spoken or seen each other in like 20 years but just in point place you think they would have at least run into each other at the grocery store they'd know what they were up to they might know that he has a 
that they have a son, but they may not have met the son, you know what I mean, or anything like that. So that's possible. I'm more bothered that they're in town the whole time and we never get all four of them in the same room. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why they did that. I've been waiting to say that the it whole had to episode. be like filming issues. I bet they were filmed at different times because they weren't around at the same time or something. It was one of those things where, because we'll, to, to jump ahead a little bit, but we'll get into it in more detail. Mila Kunis also shows up. So we have Jackie and Kelso in this scene. So this is really the only episode with all four of them in it. And we didn't at least have them cross paths even in a moment. Seemed like a giant missed opportunity. And clearly they're not very good friends anymore because they're getting married for the second time and third time, third time. We'll, we'll talk about it. They're yeah. getting re remarried, but Eric and Donna aren't invited to the wedding. So they obviously haven't been keeping up with them either. Yeah. Yeah. So original Kelso turns to his son and, and lay and says, Hey, you kids have fun now. Okay. Um, and if you jump off that cliff, do it naked. Cause, uh, when you hit the water at the right angle, it's like, you're doing it with the lake. Weird thing to tell. Um, your son and a girl you don't know. Uh, that tracks for Kelso, though. But yeah, it felt like Kelso. If, if one of those things where the character makes it work, if anybody else said that in a show, you'd be like, why would you say that? I felt like this felt more like an Ashton Kutcher cameo than a Kelso cameo watching the scene. Also, to get back to what I was saying before, this should have at least been the next day because literally Eric and Eric walked out the door and this is seconds later. So one went out and they come yeah. in. It's like, what the hell? So yeah, I thought that was, I, I, I don't know. I thought Ashton was not acting quite enough like Kelso at times. It, he even had like a Southern draw a couple times when he was speaking that seemed out of nowhere. It's from his work on the ranch. Probably. probably it's probably stuck in him now. Which had, I think, everybody cameoed on that except for Topher Grace, I want to say. Yeah. That could track. So now the kids leave and Kelso gives Kitty a giant hug. And in a lot of ways I felt here, you could really see how much the old cast did miss each other. I felt like that was a very genuine big hug yeah. with them. So that's like fun to see. And as he's talking to Red and Kitty, that's when Jackie runs in yelling, Michael, let's go. So we get Mila Kunis here now too. So another big crowd uh, reaction because now she's there. And he says, Jackie, will you give me a minute to enjoy this? The vein on Red's forehead is, is about to explode. She's like, gross, I don't want old guy blood all over my wedding outfit. <laughs> and we find out that this is their second remarriage, so the third overall. But uh, this one apparently is going to stick. And Kitty's like, white honey, really? <laughs> <laughs> Love a good kitty burn. Yeah, and she's like, it's before Labor Day, and if people think it's our first time, we'll get better gifts. I thought that, so... Is no one at the wedding know them? I guess not. Yeah, who's invited, invited to this wedding? Maybe that explains why Eric and Donna aren't invited, because they're just inviting, maybe it's like work people or something. That, to me, made no sense. <laughs> like, I'm going to trick all these people to thinking it's our first wedding? Who's at your wedding that doesn't know you? The next line is even weirder. Where she says that they registered at Bloomingdale's? Yeah, why would you tell Red and Kitty that unless you were expecting them to get you a gift? Well, now they, they are. are. Now they're saying, here, this is where our registry's at. Go get us something. And we do judge. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was like kind of their exit. And that's all, that's all we got from them. You know, quick little cameo. I don't think either of them appear in the series again. It said Jackie was only on one episode on IMDb and Ashton Kutcher's not even listed. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if it just wasn't updated, but if you check out his IMDb, it doesn't have that 90 show on it yet. 
hopefully that means we can't trust IMDb and they're all going to be on it the whole time. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, right? I would hope that if this gets a second season, that part of it is contingent on we need to at least get everybody back for another episode. Alone again, Kitty says, well, let's just make the most of it. I'm going to head to the market because I'm going to get some Fritos, Tostitos, Doritos, all the Eatos. I'm back, baby. And that gets, you know, a nice little crowd pop. That 1985, too. This was right in the time Judge of Lantito. Ito. Yeah. Judge, Judge <laughs> Ito, we yeah. both went there. Yeah. Yeah, I did Jojito. <laughs> the dancing Eatos. Final scene. And I thought that would have been a good way to close it, but this works, too. Episode could have ended right there. With, with Red saying, ah, crap, or whatever he said. Yeah, son of a he bitch. Son of a bitch. Yeah. That should have been it ended. I literally, in my notes, have ends on son of a bitch, because I expected then it to be into the, like, That's later the this season. That's the logical end point. Yeah, yeah the like show that. already went over in time, but then this scene here would, could have been just injected in the next episode, but there's another scene. So now Kitty and Red introduce all the kids to the basement. You know, she hands them all like a crate. She's like, if you kids get bored, I found some old records and games of your dad's and a few magazines that I don't think he wanted me to see. So I got rid of them. They're all redheads. He sure does have a type. Again, real weird. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, you guys have some fun. And then they're looking through the stuff. And I like there was like, was like an eight track. And the kid thought it was like a video game cartridge. He's like, was this from Nintendo Zero? Really? That tricked me, too, because I did not know it was an A-track. I like the idea of, because, like, they only know, like, the system's numbered the way they are now, so, like, to them, like, the original Nintendo Nintendo would have been called, like, Nintendo Zero. Nintendo Nintendo Zero. I knew what it was right away, because I have a collection of A-tracks that Nick slash Jay got for me. (laughs) Because 95, 64 would be coming out shortly, or if it's not just brand new. This would be, what, Sega SNES? So are they is N64 out? So maybe that they're thinking Nintendo 64 is out. This is so old, it's from Nintendo Zero. And yeah, they've the, gone from Zero to 64. 64 oh. was in September of 96. Oh, so we're pretty far away then. Yeah. Yeah. It should be Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. So bad joke. Well, it just doesn't work, joke. Yeah. It would have been a better joke modern times. And this is when they find out that Kitty just hooked them up because hiding in one of the, the board game boxes is a brown bag which i think we can only assume has marijuana in it the classic that 70s show paper bag weed for some reason it was never outwardly said in the episode but it is heavily implied that there's weed in there also slim chance that 20 year old weed's gonna do anything to you that was gonna be my next question there's an episode of roseanne about this where they find 20 year old weed and they smoke it and get pretty high i don't know if that's i mean it probably loses its potency but there's some potency, but not all of it. Maybe it's covered in mold and they get a different kind of high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys. I'm not a, a smoker of the weed. If it's like concentrated or like a roach, sure, you can get high from it. Like old, like old 70s weed doesn't do the same shit that all this new, new scientific weed you guys smoke does. Weed not stored properly will lose roughly 16% of its THC content after one year and just keeps dropping from there. So, yeah, after 20 years, it would just be, you might as well smoke oregano. Maybe paper bag is stored properly, though. Maybe. Maybe I'm missing out (laughs) here. Science. And the button on all this is kind of late. It doesn't understand what's in the bag. But they're all pretty excited because now they're about to have the best summer ever. And uh, that's the way this whole episode concludes. 
so that's it that's that 90s show which um again for us it just came out today so this is the the quickest we've ever touched on an episode as far as like news and notes i don't know if there's much else we can really get into about the episode uh other than just general feelings about it because the way it's formatted but we we tackled so much within it i think we compared it to that 70s show that 80s show a lot of the jokes whether they were relevant to the times or not a- yeah, any, go back any, and watch those yeah any um any final words before we get into the green ladder cancels do it this is a weird one doing a brand new show yeah it's weird i i, I kind of like trying this this is such a new concept to do this for us because this is the quickest, by the way, for you guys, that we can turn this out because it happened to come out on the day we release on Thursdays. The episode came out on a Thursday. So obviously we can't have it done day of because there's editing and getting together and all that and prep work. My one week turn time, still not pretty, not that bad for a brand new show. All that's left is a green letter cancel for us. I'm going to go in the order I see you guys in. Gordo, starting with you. I'm green lighting this. This was... The, this is everything that that 80s show should have been. This is the show that should have been the spinoff. I love Red and Kitty. I started watching a little bit of the second episode. Um, like I said earlier, it I genuinely, the handoff from Donna and Eric to the kids now, I really liked. And I like how Red and Kitty are kind of there to kind of keep you in the nostalgia loop. But new fun adventures with new people. Like I said, I really enjoyed it for a Netflix comedy, and usually we just shit on it the entire time, but like, I genuinely think that they did good by this show. It's a green light from Gordo. Joe? Yeah, I mean, I don't have, aside from seeing some of episode two, I don't have much different to say than Gordo. I mean, I wanted a few things from this, right? I wanted it to be, you know, feel nostalgic in the right way. I wanted to like it. You know, I wanted to see these characters again. And I wanted Red and Kitty and all these people to be the same and not have it feel super bogged down like some of these Netflix shows are or some of these just remakes or, you know, continuations of these shows are in general. You know, going by our sort of mission statement, you know, would I watch the second episode? Yeah, I would. I feel like I could get bait and switched, right? I might be three episodes in and be like, I don't care about these kids. I I wish the other characters were in there. But maybe it's smart to sprinkle in all the original cast members throughout the season so that you're always sort of getting a little bit here and there to keep you going. It'll be interesting. I'll be, uh, I guess in a week, I'll let you know how I feel about it because I'll probably watch all of it this weekend. But yeah, it's a green light. It was it was fun. That's all I really wanted. It didn't embarrass itself. And I think that's really important with these continuation shows. Nick. Yeah, this is a tough one. Ferg touched on it in the beginning of the episode uh, and Joe again just now. I'm really worried about the bait and switch. I'm, ha- I'm having between seeing other TV shows do similar comebacks and the fact that it is on Netflix, I am really wary because this episode was great. Like, I really enjoyed this episode, but I know that's not going to continue. I mean, you're going to get other characters popping out. It looks like Fez is in a couple episodes. But at the end of the day, I realized everything I liked about this episode has nothing to do with the new cast. I was just really happy to see the old cast. And I'm not sure that the new cast really has what it's going to take. And like I said, a lot of this stems from me not trusting Netflix. So that's kind of unfair to the show, but also not. So for I'm going to cancel it because I don't trust them. And I think they're going to screw you by making you think that this is going to be more of the same. And then they're just going to pivot completely away from it. And it's just going to be another kid's Netflix show or a a Netflix show 
with kids as the main characters, which just aren't good. And so for that reason, I'm canceling. Bert. Yeah, I really, other than Eric's daughter, I hate the new cast. They are Stayed by the Bell, the new class to me. I always get a rip on the new class, man. That show was great. It's, it's terrible. I love seeing all the original characters come back. And if they could have just, you know, moved back. And if I, if I even had the thought that maybe they'd pop up a few times. But no, it's, I think we're just getting Fez, who I'm not a fan of Fez. <laughs> Please clip that out. I want that as my new ringtone. <laughs> It's tough because what we do is we grade on a pilot, and it's a good pilot. I love the legacy characters all being back, and this was a well-done stuff whenever the kids weren't there. And when they interacted with the old characters, I, I like that too. So I'm in like a tough place. I don't know. I don't appreciate a bait and switch, and that's leaning me towards cancel, but I'm going to pass based on just the pilot because that's what we do. We grade pilots because some Good shows have bad pilots, and some uh, bad shows have good pilots. So, green light, but barely. All right, well, my vote no longer really matters because we're already at a three, but I'm siding with Nick. So, this was a very tight one, right? So, I'm canceling, and Ferg was uh, frog's hair away from going going towards canceling. So, this is like the tightest green light I think we've had for a show. But I kind of like it because we don't have much time to really process our thoughts. We watched it today. It came out today. And here we are. But as far as my cancel goes, uh, it's a lot of what Nick said. The things I liked the most about this were like Eric and like he's not coming back. And I know he's not coming back. And I feel like they really did mask it with a lot of them and not too much of the kids. And when I'm looking at the kids characters and I'm dissecting them all, I think that Leia is pretty good. I think Leia was well cast. Feels like she could be the daughter of eric and donna other girl nikki i don't know what her role really is she doesn't she didn't show a lot of personality other than i'm the girlfriend of nate nate is kind of a disney version of kelso then there's an actual son of kelso who's kind of kelso ish also so they like they don't need to both be there so like i look and then there's ozzy who i i don't like that character i don't know he's weird to me i don't understand what his role was so like this is the new new cast and i only really like one of them so um knowing that i think there are things about this episode i enjoyed there were times where that netflix stink was on it like i said i i didn't like that they didn't take the time in the episode to scrub the products and make sure there wasn't modern things in there like when they were in the liquor store that really bothered me because it wasn't even like one or two it was the whole scene was full of it and i didn't i didn't appreciate like that lack of uh, effort for me it's a cancel could I see myself watching other episodes just based on nostalgia, just to see someone pop up? Maybe. Like, I might if you guys, like, tell me it's good enough afterwards. On the pilot alone, I just can't, I can't greenlight it. So it's a cancel for me, but we're still at three out of five. So congratulations to that 90s show. You do live on to see episode two. And for those of you who want to give this show a shot, Go on to Netflix. The whole season's there right now. You have 10 episodes that are all streaming and available right now for you. So give it a shot if you want. And thanks for listening to us. A reminder to all of you, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our social medias, everywhere where you can follow us and listen. S1e1pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us follows there. Interact. Hit us up. Tell us what you want to hear. We, we love talking to you guys, so keep it up. But yeah, that's it. That's all the time we got this week, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week for another new episode. Take care. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best of the moths. I think we got the best foot up here.